worship for that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time of praise and worship. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next part of week four of the Haunted Heart, which is our sermon by our very own Pastor Gabriel Garcia. Pastor Gabriel. Thank you, Edward. Thank you, worship team. Thank you to everybody that's here with us today and online. I take a seat. Thanks for joining us here. Welcome to Power Nights, Power Youth, our Power Youth Wednesday night services. I'm glad to see y'all faces here. Like, really, like, I know that we always, we don't always have a lot of people here, but for those of y'all who are here, it's better than pretending you're here when I speak to a camera. <laughs> Uh, it's better to see your faces than just pretending. Um, I'm Pastor Gabe. For those that are watching online and you don't know me, everybody here knows me, I think. Um, except you. I don't know who you No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, but uh, Pastor Gabe, nice to meet you. As Edward introduced me, myself and my wife, Lijinska, we have the privilege of pastoring here at Emmanuel Church. And I've been helping out here with the youth ministries for a while. And tomorrow we're celebrating three years of marriage. Uh, tomorrow's our anniversary. So if you need to contact me tomorrow, don't. <laughs> don't, don't. I'll be busy. Uh, we're going to be celebrating and having a, having a day off and disconnected from everybody. But yeah, uh, today though, we are in week four, closing out the series of The Haunted Heart. And I have liked the way this, we formatted this series and how we're dealing with issues that are of our heart, dealing with things that sometimes we think we, we don't really deal with, things that we couldn't possibly deal with. You know, I, I, we talked about guilt. It's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't deal with guilt in my life. Or we talked about how it's there when we think about how we're not good enough. We've talked about anger and how anger can just be petty and passive aggressive and kind of in the background without us really realizing that there's something wrong. And we talked about greed, about wanting more and more and more. And today we're talking about jealousy. Jealousy. And the, the key line for today is jealousy is when God owes me, when we believe that God owes me something. Has anyone ever here been experienced jealousy? You felt jealous of something or someone or you've experienced some kind of jealousy. Maybe you've experienced, I think sometimes we, when we think about jealousy, we think about toxic jealousy. We don't say it's toxic, but that's what we experience when someone we believe goes too far in their jealousy. When they go out of bounds, cross a line and it's like, man, you know, I like you're dating. Like a lot of y'all are dating. I don't know if any of y'all are dating, but if you've dated before, you've dated in high school. I dated in high school, and I've seen lots of relationships go wrong because of jealousy, where one party in the relationship will be so jealous to the point that it's toxic and controlling. They won't let the other do anything as if they own them. And that's where what jealousy is, really. It, it, it's thinking or believing that we are owed something, that we own something, that we are possessing of something, or that we should own something, that God 
owes us something, that the world owes us something, that we deserve more. We deserve more. We deserve better. And I've, I've experienced jealousy in my life um, before. And, and more particularly with my story, uh, what I want to share with you is that I've experienced jealousy in ministry. As a, as a pastor, as a youth pastor, I, I was a youth pastor for seven years, and I've been a pastor for a few years now. And in all the years of ministry, I've experienced several times where I battle with jealousy, where I look out on social media or other churches or other people that I know that are, are in ministry, and I see what they're doing, and I'm like, they are successful. How come I can't measure up to that success? How come I don't feel like I, I should be there? I should be doing more. I know what's wrong with that person. I know what's bad with that person. I know what's going. I, I know the gossip, the man behind the scenes. I know the behind the scenes. And I should be in a place further along. And that's the, the jealousy, this professional jealousy. Like, I wish I had that. I should have that in my life. I wanted to have more. I wanted to see more. I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to, to, to be more well-known. I wanted people to know who I was, know my name, know what I did. And this kind of jealousy was toxic to what I was doing, toxic to my ministry. And that's because that's what jealousy does. It, it infects our hearts. It haunts our hearts to such a point that everything that we touch becomes tainted by it. And if you've ever experienced jealousy to the point where it's harmful, you'll understand. If you've been the target of someone's jealousy because they, they didn't like you for whatever reason. I've experienced that, that, that type of jealousy before too. I took someone's place, and I know this is pretty but I took someone's place in the geography bee, and they hated me for the rest of high school, uh, like from middle school to high school. Yes, I know. I was a nerd. I am a nerd um, to this day, and I've experienced that kind, like to the point where they messed with my brother. They bullied my brother. They bullied me. They tried to mess with me and my friends, and like they, I, I've experienced jealousy targeted towards me or or or. In the other sense of we've experienced jealousy where, you know, man, I, I wish I had more. See, that guy, he seems to have everything all together. And it's funny because I was having a conversation with some of the youth and they were talking about this. And some of y'all right before this. They're like, you have it all together. You have it. You have everything that you need. We sometimes look at people's lives and we see, especially on social media, we see what's on social media and we're like, they have everything. They've got a girlfriend. They've got a boyfriend. They've got a job. They've got a car. They've got money. They've got this. They've got that. On and on and on the list goes. And we think because they, they, they have it and we think we should have it too. That we are owed that. That we deserve that. And that's a lot of times we will blame God for it. We'll, we might not say it out loud. Let's be real. We were, we, a lot of times we, we've, we've been conditioned to think we can't be mad at God. And I've been mad at God plenty of times in my lifetime. Uh, recently, too. I've been mad at God. And we think that we can't be, though, so we kind of try to hide it. And it's like, oh, you know, it's not God. But secretly, like secretly, we're in our hearts. We're like, oh, man, God, like. Can't you do something about us? I know you can, you know, you can, you can, you can make that girl fall in love with me. 
you can give me the job that I need. You can give, you can give me my grades, God. I, I, I shouldn't be struggling like this. Why am I struggling like this? Man, that person, they get straight A's, but I know they cheat. I should have that. I should have that. And we blame God. God owes me. God, I, I deserve this because I'm a good person. So we qualify ourselves. I'm a good person. I go to church. I do the right things. I, I never, I never, you know, I haven't done ever drugs. You know, I, 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 we qualify ourselves. And we tell ourselves this is why we, we deserve it. So when we see the other people succeeding or see other people having things that we don't, that we want, we get upset. Maybe it's their, their, their following on Instagram or TikTok or social media. Maybe it's their body. We wish we had the right, the right kind of body, the, the phys- we were physically fit. Maybe it's their relationship, their money. Uh, their, you know, oh man, Edward's so funny. I wish I was as funny as him. You know, their, their family, their family seems perfect. Why, isn't my fa- why is my family broken? And it can fall into a number of different things. In James chapter 4, verses 1 through 1 to 3, it outlines the symptoms and solutions to jealousy. It says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. So here's the symptoms. The symptoms are you're fighting all the time. You're letting your desires control you. You don't have what you want, so you cause problems. You cause arguments. You fight with people. You push people away. You break relationships. It says you kill. You damage things. You hurt people. You covet, but you can't get it. No matter what you do, it seems like it's out of reach. But James tells us that we don't have because we do not ask God. When you ask, verse 3, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. And even then, it says you're, 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 you're wanting things in the wrong way. You want the stuff because people tell you you should have the stuff. You want the stuff because you feel like you're owed the stuff. And God doesn't give it to you because your heart is wrong. That you may spend what you get on pleasure. That's what verse 3 says. When you ask, you do not receive because when you ask with the wrong motives, you ask with the wrong motives so that you spend on what you get, what you get on your pleasures. It's all for me. It's all about me. It's all about what I want and what I can get out of it. That's why there are so many broken relationships and so many broken people in this world because we're so focused on our, the selfishness of our own desires that we hurt the people around us and then we wonder why we're lonely or why we're broken or why we don't have or why we feel like God isn't listening to us. And it's not that God isn't listening to us. It's that our heart is in the wrong place. It's not seeing the right things. Jealousy is more dangerous than we can ever imagine. Jealousy will drive wedges in relationships. You might get uh, jealous of the success or others or something that they have that you don't. It's like the story in Genesis chapter 37 of Joseph and his brothers. If you ever become a parent, don't have a favorite child. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 37 that uh, Israel, Jacob, had 12 sons, but he had a favorite. 
Everybody know this? Anybody know this story? What was the name? Joseph. Joseph. Joseph was the favorite. At the time, he was one of 11 brothers. His younger brother wasn't born yet, but he was the favorite because he was the youngest. Babies in the family, say hooray. No. Uh, they are usually the favorite, and Joseph was the favorite because, because for two reasons. Joseph was the favorite because he was the youngest, and Joseph was the favorite because he was born from uh, Jacob's wife, Rachel, who was the wife that the Bible tells us that he loved. He had two wives, four wives. None of that is biblical. Y'all should not do that. Yes, they had four wives, but nobody, nobody needs that. And he had four wives, and the one that he loved the most was Rachel. And Jacob's son, through Rachel, was Joseph. And so he was his favorite. And his brothers hated it. Because they despised Joseph. And, and Joseph wasn't so, I, I don't know, he was either a little slow or oblivious to what was going on. Maybe he thought that his brothers really did like him. They did not like him. Because he had a dream. And in this dream, he said that they were bowing down to him. That his mother and father were bowing down to him. That his brothers were bowing down to him. And thinking, you know, thinking it was a great dream, a good dream. He comes and tells his whole family and they got angry. Of course they're going to get angry. You ever have a dream and tell people that people are bowing down to you? Probably don't tell people. (laughs) Probably don't tell people. And Joseph was hated though. To the point where it broke the relationship with his brothers. Even if they did like him. Even if they started out want, caring for him because they were his brothers, because of the favoritism of their father, what he had that they didn't, and because of how he acted around them, he created this rift, and his brothers became jealous. And the story goes on. They said that they decided to kill him. They, they were outright, they were out for blood. They were ready to kill their brother. Instead, one of them, like, thinking, like, wow, you know, if we kill him, we're going to be guilty for this, and, you know, dad's going to get mad. So maybe, maybe we shouldn't kill him. And so they threw him into, a, because of his suggestion, threw him into a pit. And after that, though, he couldn't stop them from selling Joseph into slavery. That's what jealousy brings. Jealousy drives out those things. Jealousy drives out love. If you're in a relationship and someone is jealous, extremely jealous, one of, one of you, either you or your, your significant other is extremely jealous, that, let me tell you something, that is not love. That's toxic. That's not love. That's a whole nother series for a whole nother day. But that's not love. That's toxic. Because jealousy drives out love. Jealousy and love cannot exist together. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 6 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Think about it. This is, the opposite of this is jealousy. Jealousy is not patient. Where have you been? What were you doing? Where are you at? Love, love is kind. Jealousy is not kind. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you said that. It does not envy. Why, why, why are you out with them? You should be with me. Love, love does not boast and it is not proud. Jealousy is like, I'm better than all of them. 
I should be here. It does not dishonor others. That's dishonoring. Self-seeking. Jealousy is self-seeking. Jealousy is angry. That's why you see so many people in toxic relationships that are full of jealousy and they get anger, outbursts of anger. That's toxic. That's jealousy. It keeps no records of wrong. Jealousy keeps records of wrong, definitely. Says, so, you know, man, I, I'll never forget what they did to me. I'll never forget what they said. I'll never forget how they made me feel. I'll never forget that. That's jealousy, and that's not love. Jealousy drives out love. I had a friend some years back where I, 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 have, I have some issues, and I'm looking for therapy. <laughs> and we all, and we should, uh, if you ever get the chance in the future to get some, do it. It's very beneficial. I don't even take therapy right now, but I know it is beneficial because I'm looking for it. But there was, a, there was an issue that I had uh, for many years of like a lot of fear of abandonment. Like people would just leave me. If, if I didn't stick close enough, if I didn't, uh, if I wasn't attached enough or, you know, if I wasn't constantly talking to them that, that you know, they weren't my friend, that they were just going to abandon me. They were just going to leave me. And I, I, I can't, I don't want to get into the details of how that all came to be or what happened. But I had this friend in particular that when I would see them out with other people, I would feel betrayed. I would feel upset. I would feel angry. Like, why, why is it not me? Why am I not in this? And because of that, it created this rift that pushed our, our friendship apart, pushed us apart from each other. Ultimately, Ultimately, that kind of neediness, that kind of jealousy is what it really was. Jealousy created that rift between us. It created that. In James chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, let's read it. It's the, next, it's the next part of the verse we were reading earlier. It says, submit yourselves. This is how we get rid of jealousy in our lives. How do we combat jealousy? Because we need to find a way to fight it. If we're facing it or if we're experiencing it, what do we do? If we're feeling that and we are thinking that God owes us something, how do we face it? James chapter 4, verses 7 to 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. James is pulling no punches here. James is hearing no punches. A lot of times we think that when we're facing difficulties, we're struggling, we're struggling with sin, we're struggling with difficulties in our life, we wonder why we're still stuck in the cycle. And a lot of times it's because we are not actively trying to do something about it. We are simply going with the flow of where our sin is taking us, going with the flow of where our jealousy is taking us, and we are allowing it to beat us down. And yes, it's hard. Sometimes there, there are addictions and things that are difficult to fight back. But James is telling us if we resist the devil, he's going to back off. Because the devil doesn't like a fight, especially when we're fighting with God on our side. If we're fighting with God on our side, he don't want to fight against us because he knows he's going to lose. And if we resist him, he will push back. So how do we do that? How do we resist jealousy in our lives? How do we resist the enemy? How do we resist the sin this, this, in our hearts? It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Number one, come near to God. Sometimes we need to realize that our relationship with God is not where it should be. We're not praying. You know, and I know that when you're young and when you're in school, 
it doesn't seem like an important thing to pray or to read the Bible. But as you get through life, and if you, the longer you stay in the church, and the, the longer you learn about God, and le- the more you, you experience of God, the more important it really does, it, it becomes. The more important you realize it is. How difficult life really is when we're not relying on God, when we're not trusting God, when we're not seeking after Him, when we're not looking for Him, when He is not in our lives. And not to say that God is abandoning us. No, that He is he is there all of the time. But when we seek Him, when it says come near to Him, it means open your eyes and be aware that God is here. Because sometimes we live our lives as if God is not even there. We live our lives as Christians as if we were atheists. We go through life every Sunday. We are aware of God. We are here every Wednesday. We are aware of God. We are aware that he's here because we hear the Bible. We we hear the song. And we're like, God is here in this place. We might even get emotional. And there might be a stray moko or a tear or something like that. We're like crying and seeking the Lord in his presence. And we might do that. But then come Thursday, God is not there anymore. He is not in my life. He is not anywhere to be seen until Sunday. And then Sunday comes by and Monday and Tuesday are the same way. A lot of times we're not seeking after God. We're not becoming aware that he is with us every single day. And it's necessary for us to be praying. Necessary for us to be reading the word of God. Number two, purify your hearts. Purify your hearts. That means, it says purify your hearts and wash your, wash your hands. Uh, you sinners. You double-minded. The word there is like two-faced. That's what he's doing. He says, you two-faced people. It's exactly what I was saying. You live one way one day, and then the next day you you live another way. He says, purify your hearts. That means come to him. We, like I talked about this in the first week of the series, we don't realize how gracious God is. How much sin in our lives, how much things that we do wrong, how many mistakes we make, how, how far we go away from God, that God is willing to just instantly take us back. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is willing and ready to forgive us and to take us back. Like that. He doesn't qualify it. He doesn't say, all right, well, what you need to do then is I need you to start dressing better. I need you to start going to church. I need you to start doing this. I need you to start, stop cussing. I need you to stop doing all of this stuff. No, he doesn't say that. He says, welcome back. I was waiting. I'm here. Purify your hearts. That, that means turning our hearts. to. The Bible tells us to repent. That literally means to turn around. I remember one time I used to say, to, to make a 360. No, 360 is just to turn around, be, be in the same place that you were in. Make a 180. Turn around and go in the opposite direction. Change directions. That's literally what it means to change your mind in a different direction. To put our minds off of what we were doing before and put our hearts face towards God. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And it's, the, the key is humility. James chapter 4 verses 9 to 10 says this. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning, your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humility is about realizing the situation that we're in. Realizing that our hearts are, have been tainted with jealousy, haunted by jealousy, haunted by guilt and anger and shame and all of this stuff that we've been talking about. Realizing that we are in that place and saying, I need God because he is the one that can lift me up. 
a lot of times we don't, and I've been, I've been in seasons where in my life where I have been living in sin, doing things in sin, and feeling no guilt, no shame whatsoever. Not even feeling convicted that I'm doing anything wrong. And the Bible tells us, you know, you need to change that mentality. You re realize how much this hurts God because it's, it's turning our backs on the love that he has given us. It's not, it's not trampling on anything. He still loves us. He still cares for us. But it breaks his heart to see us, his children, praying from the best that he has to offer for us. Humility is turning our backs on what the world has to offer, what we can offer ourselves and realizing that God has so much more. It doesn't matter what we think the world owes us, our people owe us. God has so much more that is better for us. And the last way we can combat jealousy is celebrate other people. Celebrate the things that we were jealous of. What? The way, when I was talking about professional jealousy in ministry, when I, what I did, what changed in me to change my life around there, was I started to celebrate. Instead of looking at that, and man, I wish had, I had that. Well, instead of doing that, I started saying, it's like, man, that's great that they're doing that. That's great that they have that. That's great that they have the resources, that they have the ability, that they have something that, that they can do to reach people. When I started celebrating, my heart changed. When we stopped looking at people and saying, you know, ah, oh, man, I wish I had a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Well, good for them. God bless them. You know, I'm glad that you got that job. And then not saying under your breath, it's like, I'm deserving more. Talking behind their backs, you know. It's about turning all of that away and starting to celebrate and lift other people up. Because when we do that, God starts to lift us up. God starts to lift us up. That's what James was saying. He says, you ask and you don't get it because your heart is in the wrong place. God would give you things. God would bless you if only your heart was turned towards him. And I'm about to finish here. Let's take this opportunity tonight, wherever you're at, if you're watching online or if you're here in person, let's take this opportunity to return to God in humility and, in, and repent away from jealousy. Desire is not all bad. To want things, to, to, to want better, to want more, it's not all a bad thing. But it can become toxic and it can, and it, it can haunt our hearts and it can burn everything around us unless we fight back unless we fight back would you stand with me this evening let's pray God wants so much more for us you know and that's that's the ultimate thing here that we need to realize about this jealousy in and of itself it's about wanting what someone else has. Wanting the, the things that, that your heart desires. And being angry because you don't have. But ultimately, what we need to see, what we need to realize is that what we want is so much less than what God has for us. It's so much less so much less 
Because we can look at other, our, our, you can look at your friends and say, it's like, man, they always have someone. They always have a boyfriend. They always have a girlfriend. Yet they're jumping from relationship to relationship. They're in toxic relationship after toxic relationship. And God says, I have something better for you. Now, God, I, I don't, why can't, you know, I want to work, but I can't find a job. Nobody will want me. And God is like, God is looking in the future for us and says, I have something better for you. I have a calling on your life that I need you to fulfill, and it's not time yet for you to see that. So where you're at right now, I need you there. You don't need what someone else has because I have something better for you. God, I just, I don't have their clothes. I don't have, you know, and, and that's the funniest thing to me. A lot of people used to be impressed with fancy clothes, but now, like, the style is you take thrifty stuff and you upgrade it buy stuff for cheap and you upgrade it and that's like the fancy thing now that's stylish but we can look at all of that stuff and we go, I want that I want their, their phone their this their that or whatever but God has so much more for you he wants so much better for you than you want for yourself and tonight I hope and I pray I want to pray that we realize this that we see this that we let go of our own desires and let God put his desires in our heart. That's what that verse means. There's a song that a lot of people quote a lot, and they say, God will give you the desires of your heart. They tell you that so that you can think and pray, and God will give you whatever you want. No. In the, in the way it's written, it tells us not that God will give us whatever we want, but that God will put in our heart desires that line up with his will that are so much better than we could ever wish for ourselves. So much better. Let's pray tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. If we are struggling today with jealousy, if we are struggling today with wanting more, thinking that you owe us or that we deserve better in our lives, God, we hand that over to you right now, that jealousy, that envy, we hand that over to you in this moment. Help us, God, to see that what you want for us is better than what we want for ourselves. That what you want for us is better than what others have. That it's it's more than just stuff. It's satisfaction in your presence and your love. It's the blessings that you have prepared for us. It's the life that you have given us. It's you, Jesus. You are so much better than what anything we could want help us to see that tonight help us to understand that your love is better than anything we need and help us to turn around and give our hearts to you today that we might humble ourselves and pray father forgive us god forgive me because i've wanted more i've wanted things that i don't need when all i need right now to be satisfied to be happy in this life is your love Jesus help us to see that tonight if you need prayer tonight we want to pray for you and as the worship team leads us out in a song